You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Nazawali Sports Hour. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. As usual with me in studio, my co-host, Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. How are you? Good, Wally. How are you? I'm doing good, thank you. Uh, I noticed you got your Toronto Maple Leaf sweater on this morning. The Argo hat, I just don't understand, Naz. I haven't I got heard it. anything from the Argos. <laughs> when are they going to do something? Uh, the Argo hat, I don't understand. Anyways, let's uh, let's get into it. It should uh, be Toronto FC. They won 3-1 yesterday. 3-1 FC. I'm... You know, they got to get to concentrate on their MLS season. They're already out of the uh, CONCACAF. Uh, got taken out by uh, by the team from Panama. They had to play uh, <laughs> the play. What was it minus twenty? Whatever. Yeah. I, don't, I don't get. I don't get the part about playing soccer in north northern uh, U- U.S. or or Canada in in February. I if somebody can explain that <laughs> to me, uh, please explain it to me. How do you I, think I, those... would, I would have thought those poor pan with all yeah. due respect, I, careful what I say. I would have thought those poor Panamanians would have been absolutely shocked when they walked out of the dressing room by the, by the frigid weather conditions. But uh, I'm they surprised might... they didn't go back to the airport. <laughs> when they they managed, uh, you know, they managed to uh, they managed to do what they had to do. So. Uh, Congratulations to the team from Panama. I'm happy to see TFC is uh, not happy to see them out, but I thought last year's CONCACAF, uh, uh, they came with penalty shots against that Mexican team and almost almost got through, uh, uh, closest uh, an MSL team ever has. And uh, I thought that sort of uh, sucked the energy out of them for the rest Mike, of the Michael season. Michael Bradley scored two goals. Yeah, yeah. so... Uh, this is the post Jovinko era. They uh, they're working on some contracts and uh, some guys are uh, being airlifted over uh, from uh, from Europe and uh, look good yesterday. I give them credit. Mavinga looked good. Uh, Bradley, of course. Uh, so we hope. Uh, I'm a big soccer fan. Always have been, and we certainly hope TFC keep it uh, keep it going. Uh, we wish them the best of success this year. Uh, as uh, usual, Naz, uh, we're in the thick of the playoff race now, uh, and so as things usually uh, start off in the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, it's inevitably we get uh, we get to our Toronto Maple Leaf talk. Uh, Leaf Nation uh, has, has, has been riding a roller coaster uh, over the over the course of the last uh, few weeks. And uh, we certainly want to talk about the Leafs. Uh, we'll have uh, we're going to talk some Raptors today. We've got Leo Routens coming on in the middle of the hour. There's going to be uh, some um, hot stuff happening in Ottawa this week, uh, which we will uh, get an opportunity to uh, chat about. Uh, uh, Eugene Melnick's been a friend of the show for a long time, so we certainly want to talk about the Senators a little bit about what's happened over there and uh, the unceasing criticism that uh, that he seems to take. But uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, Naz, every Sunday we come in uh, and uh, they're basically in the same place in the standings. Although the Boston Bruins seem to be squeezing an extra point, uh, we came three points. They're three 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 points up on the Leafs. They've they've played the same number of games. Uh, the inevitable result here is um, it's going to be Toronto and Boston. 
And the only doesn't issue, look good, Wally. No, doesn't look good, that series. The only issue is, uh, is the first game in Toronto or is the first game in Boston, uh, unless something dramatic happens. Those, uh, they're headed on another collision course, and uh, we've certainly got some demons. Toronto Maple Leaf demons to exercise uh, in a playoff series with the Boston Bruins. So uh, that's where we're headed. Leafs up and down. Um, game Thursday night, it's, uh, should we read anything into that game, Naz? Uh, Leafs got... I, I guess the word Mike is... Mike Babcock said they played 24 minutes, yeah, they which got, they did. Yeah, they got manhandled, didn't they? Yeah, at the end. Yeah, second, middle of the second, third period, they did. And is that concerning to you? No. Why not? Because it's the one game in 82 oh, in the NHL. That was, that was an important game, though, wasn't it? To who? To uh, John Tavares, probably. Yeah, I, I, I would have thought the Leafs... Uh, Leafs would have stepped up a little bit, but uh, yeah, you know what, Naz, we, it's one game out of 82. I don't disagree with you. They're playing back-to-back. They're playing with their backup goalie who is not very, not played very well, Sparks. Uh, I've seen... That's an issue. Yeah, it's it's a significant issue, so, uh, you know, we better... we. <laughs> uh, let me not even go there. Um, Those shots <laughs> that beat them were pretty... pretty yeah, L- let's talk about... The coaching decision, because um, Bab- Mike Babcock, um, you know, he's uh, highest paid coach in the NHL. Um, I don't know how relevant that is, but I just thought I'd throw that out there before I, I, uh, I, I go to my next comment. Um, seems to be coming under a little bit of criticism um, for the perhaps the first time in his tenure in Toronto. He came here. He was the Messiah, uh, although we had that debate, and I said he wasn't the Messiah. Uh, good coach. I'm not, I'm not going to denigrate. Uh, I'm not here to denigrate Mike Bab- Babcock's achievements. Uh, he's certainly considered the premier coach of his generation. Um, I think one it's of. It, one, one of. of. I think it's, it's, he's arguably the premier coach of his generation. Um, although, you know, we've had that debate, Naz, um, you know, uh, won a Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. Somehow, if you win a Stanley Cup, that takes you to a different ranking in the pantheon of NHL coaches. I'm, um, you know, Al McNeil won a Stanley Cup. Two uh, Olympics. <laughs> two Olympics. Fair enough. But, um, the Olympics, there made was the certain, fi- made the final with Anaheim yeah. one year that they weren't anywhere, yeah, close, if, should if, be in anywhere close to being on in the final. Made the playoffs every year in Detroit that he coached. What's he done in the last 10 years? He's won every year. He's been made the he's playoffs. He's won two playoff years. series in the as last 10 years. As soon as he left years. Detroit, Detroit hasn't won a, hasn't he's won been two a playoff, playoff for series. four years. Yeah. Well, they don't have Nick Lidstrom on the back end anymore either. But I'm not going to turn this into a, a criticism of, of Mike Babcock. Um, but he is starting to... Uh, you know, people are getting a little bit nervous about the Toronto Maple Leafs, um, and there's some of his coaching decisions are now, for the first time I've seen uh, during his reign here in Toronto, are being questioned. Uh, let's talk about a couple of them. Uh, when the Leafs play back-to-backs, it's always Freddie Anderson first, Garrett Sparts. Always has been with Babcock. Okay. Last year, too. Um 
Garrett Sparks second. He should be and third. He it should it's, be third. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, should that even, should you, should a coach even think about the situation of the of the two games and who they're playing against and the matchups in terms of deciding which goalie goes up first? Because it would have seemed to me, um, there's two. I guess there's two theories on that. Is you just go automatic. You go with your you go with your best when your best is available. Mm-hmm. So your best, Freddie Anderson, is always available on the first game of the back to back. Correct. And that's you know I, I understand that theory. Uh, how about you go with your best against the better team you're playing in the back to back? And certainly the more difficult situation would have been the Islander game. Sparks, you got Sparks at home against. Uh, uh, Wednesday night was against Edmonton. Edmonton wasn't doing that great. Um, but does Edmonton beat the Leafs with Sparks in that? Well, then, that, then, I, I guess that's I guess that's the debate. So let's have that debate. Uh, it's easy to it's easy to Monday morning quarterback it after it happened. Uh, would Freddie Anderson being a net in the game against the Islanders have made any difference? I don't know. Not if they bit. not if they played the way they did, but you know, uh would they have won the Edmonton game with Sparks and Net? Maybe. No. But I my I guess my theory I guess Babcock's theory probably is you go with your best when you have your best available and you grab the two points when they're on the table. I don't disagree and, with that. Yeah, at all. I don't, I, but he's he's getting somewhat criticized for that because you know, it looks it's easy to make that criticism after after the two games and after that Effort against New York Islanders. The other criticism Babcock um, I see is he doesn't he doesn't play his horses uh, enough minutes. Let me give you the statistics, Nas. Austin Matthews, he's the future. Uh, he's big, strong. Uh, goals per game uh, in the in the elite in the NHL. He's seventy fifth in the NHL in ice time. So I'm making 11, 11 points. He's not making $11.6 million yet, but he will. Um, does that make any sense to you? Well, he's a forward, so he'll be less than the d- defenseman. Yeah. But 75th. 75th, yeah. Now you think a guy like, uh, you know, all the elite centers in the league, he's, he's... He should be at the same ice time as Marner. Marner kills penalties, and that's the difference, right? Austin Matthews should be killing penalties, too, like Sidney Crosby does, like Malkin does. The, the 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 Penguins don't have a problem with Sidney Crosby killing penalties. Why not Austin Matthews killing penalties? And he could do it too because his two hundred foot game is pretty good. Um, Mike Babcock, um, Toronto Maple Leafs are headed to um, uh, a series against the Boston Bruins. That's where they're heading. <laughs> and uh, uh, do you do you see? Um, uh, I mean that's uh, that obviously that series makes me a little bit nervous. The, the other criticism of, of, of amongst many, uh, where the Leafs seem to have difficulty is down low, and all the all, all the hockey analysts are saying they don't play well down low in their own zone. They don't play well down low in the other zone. That's they're better, not they're better in the offensive zone than okay. they are in the defense. That's that's not good matchup against the Boston Bruins. Well, last year they took him to seven games and they were a third period away from advancing in Boston and they didn't have John Tavares. So who knows 
Wally, the, the one thing that Boston is doing, and I always said this, the Leafs have not learned to play the close games, the low-scoring games, and the high-scoring games. Boston can do both. They won one nothing against New Jersey last night. They win that type of game. I don't see the Leafs ever winning one nothing. Do you? Uh, they're, the not, they're, team? Uh, they're not built to win one nothing. Exactly. They're just, that's not. And in the playoffs, they're, they're you just, have to. You know, you, they're just not built to win one nothing games. They're, they, you know, I, I can see them winning four, three games, three, two, uh, five, four. Uh, but the playoffs this time of year, that's not the way hockey is played. And, um, anyways, we'll, uh, you know, we'll have that discussion. Every Sunday from here, here to playoff time. Uh, be nice if they if they bridge that gap against the Bruins and catch up those three points. Uh, they're they're going out west this week. Uh, they got the Calgary Flames. I think Monday night Calgary's uh, you know one of the top teams in the league and where that came from. And uh, they get the rematch with the Oilers and they get the Canucks. I think it's so. Vancouver Wednesday. And then Vancouver and then uh, Edmonton. Edmonton. Yeah. So it'd be interesting three games. We're, we're in the rush to the playoffs. And uh, uh, as they say, Naz, uh, let's, uh, let's, let's hope they, uh, you know, they uh, ramp it up. And uh, uh, they... everybody's crying for Gardner to come back now. Eh? <laughs> let's, you know what? It's, it's good you brought that. Uh, I was going to take us to break, but I uh, can't go to break. We're leaving that one outstanding. Uh, Jake Gardner. The uh, the whipping boy, the uh, the Larry Murphy of this generation. Uh, the only thing I can say is sometimes you, you better be careful what you wish for. And um, uh, is is this team in as it's currently constituted a better team without Jake Gardner? I don't think so. Uh, mind you, our, our other whipping boy, Mr. Marinson, who uh, I've had you, a few. You, you had said a few something words. that I almost. <laughs> I had a few words. Uh, I was shocked. You said it, uh, but he had a good game last night. Oh my God! He had a good game last night. He made a, made a an interesting. He almost scored a goal. He uh, he deked out one of the uh, one of the he Buffalo. De- he himself out. On yeah, that he play. looked he looked like True Doughty uh, going in <laughs> on there. But uh, you know oh, what? Yeah. There's a comparison. I, you know what? I don't want to be uh, overly critical. Uh, Marinson played well, and I'll give him credit for it. If he can keep up that level of performance. Uh, all it does is make things better, better for the Leafs, and uh, we get Gardner back, we get Dermot back. I know a lot of people are not going to be happy to get Gardner back, but uh, um, you know, you the Rosen kid has played well in um, with the Marlies. He's hurt too, but he he's the leading scorer of all AHL defensemen. So we have somebody down there that can really skate the puck out. Yeah, we got uh, we got a few options. So uh, Sheldon keeps done a good job down there. Criticism of the Leaf defense is their lack of physicality, and uh, you know that's. Uh, we'll see how whether that becomes uh, how difficult that becomes for them when uh, when these games get tougher and the playoffs come along. Because uh, you know those Boston Bruins forwards, they like like the bang and and the Bruins. I got to put up with Marshawn for another series. <laughs> oh my god. Anyways, what a pain uh, in the butt he is. Anyways, we've got to go to break. When we come back to break, we're going to have a, uh, like I said, we have Leo Routens. We're going to talk some Raptors, uh, but uh, there's a situation in Ottawa that uh, got a little bit heated uh, on, on Friday when they let the coach go, Guy Boucher, and the organization has come under a surge, torrent, of criticism, and I want to want to want to talk a little bit about that. We'll be right back. It was a rainy day in Pizzaville when we received this letter. My marriage is in a rut. 
Can you help us spice things up? Yes. Get the Gourmet Special. Two medium gourmet pizzas for just $24.99. He loves Canadian bacon, so he'll order a deluxe. She can order the Italian, because she loves the hot Italian sausage. Everyone's happy. Pizzaville Stone-Baked Pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. There's an old saying. Entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. The best. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. They never argue sports. They just explain while they're always correct. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740 in downtown Toronto, 96.7 FM. Live video streaming, www. Zoomerradio.ca. I almost forgot that, Naz. Yeah, that's okay. That's you, what you, happened. You recovered. <laughs> w- I don't know w- if the Ottawa w- Senators are going to recover. Zoomerradio.ca. You know, that's that's what happens when you get on Zoomer Radio. The the memory uh, the memory goes. Anyways, uh, uh, Eugene Melnick's been uh, he's been a friend of our show for years. He's always taken the time for us. Uh, we've chatted about him over the years about a lot of different things. Uh, we've chatted with him about obviously his personal difficulties. Um, you know, he's, uh, he probably considers himself lucky to be alive. You know, he came, uh, he came pretty close, uh, contributes to all kinds of different charities. Um, and we've talked to him about hockey. We've talked to him about um, his personal challenges. Uh, we've talked to him about the senators, um, and he is taking some incredible criticism. Uh, it started. It started. Uh, it's, it's been a while. Um, um, got himself in hot water over a comment that he made at the at that NHL game that they had in Ottawa. The, the, the outdoor, outdoor game. game. Yeah. I thought he. I thought. Um, it was probably poor timing uh, on the comment that he made, whether he regrets it or not. I don't, I don't think he regrets what he said. I think he regrets the timing of it. All he really said at that time was, look, 
And I don't, I don't remember his exact words, but the gist of what he said was, you know, if we continue to lose money here, you know, we can't keep doing this forever in Ottawa. I, I don't see how any rational economic actor could possibly argue with that comment. I mean, he's got no obligation to stay there forever and lose money. Uh, so it, ever... it, was, it probably wasn't the right time to say it. Uh, and he's ever since, I thought that was the turning point in terms of the criticism. And not, now some of the criticism has just gotten off the rails. Um, he's, the, 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 the organization is dysfunctional. The NHL should put it in trusteeship. They should take it over. Uh, they got to run Melnick out of town. Um, you know, I, I mean, and, it's, and, and it gets worse from there. Um, you know, the, let's, let's talk about it. And as the senators have had their difficulties on the ice ever since they overachieved in that playoff series a year and a half, was it two years ago now, two years ago, they almost got to the Stanley cup final, uh, a bad, and could have won the cup that year. They would have won the cup if they had gotten past Pittsburgh, but yeah, so what? And that, that's a fruitless argument, but they almost got to the Stanley cup final. They overachieved. And man, have they really gone the other way since then? It's just like one event after another has conspired uh, to uh, just, uh, you know, take the franchise to a position right now where it's struggling at the gate. It's str- Eugene is struggling. Uh, the media is, the Ottawa media is just, just going crazy. It's like they're deranged and going after them. Uh, and then, f- you know, Thursday, Thursday, earlier this week, they say, you know, we're not going to fire Pierre Dorian, uh, sorry, um, Guy Boucher. And then Friday morning, they fired him. Um, and I know you, and he, and he's getting excoriated, both of them, in, in, in the media. And, and I hope, I hope Eugene's not reading Twitter because, wow, the Twitter mob is ganging up on him like he's, uh, you know, like he's uh, like he's invaded Earth from some some crazy planet. Um, not a lot of love for Eugene Melnick amongst the Ottawa media right now. Um, let's talk about the Guy Boucher firing. Um, I know Naz, you're critical of it. The media is saying, you know, well, why bother firing him with with twenty, 20 games, games, nineteen left? games? Just, left. Le, just let, let him hang on. Let it ride. Uh, let it ride. Um, and so we're going to go crazy on on um, on Eugene or Pierre Dorian. And I don't know, it's probably Pierre's decision, but I've, I doubt very much that decisions like that don't get uh, don't get blessed by Eugene. Uh, I'm I'm I you know I'm, I I don't see that as a big deal. I'll, I'll be quite frank with you, Naz, and you know we disagree on this one. Uh, I think Boucher's the seventh coach who's been fired this year. Okay, so you fire him. You got to pay him anyways. His contract runs out at the end of this year. Uh, you're going to fire him after the last whistle blows in 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 the last game. Uh, everybody knows that. Uh, they're saying, you know, you embarrass him by firing him now. I, I, it's almost to a His certain extent. His contract was running out though. Yeah, it's almost, I almost think you're almost embarrassing him by keeping him there. I, I didn't, you know, some of the comments I saw from the players, not that they were negative towards Guy Boucher. They just weren't, you know, some of the, some of the comments from the players is like, we're, we're not making anything happen out here. Uh, our, our, what we're doing isn't working. 
if that is an indictment of the coach, I don't know what is. They, they, were, they were classy enough not to come out and criticize Guy Boucher directly. You know, and, you know, and uh, by all accounts, you know, Guy Boucher is a pretty decent man. Uh, these are difficult situations. Family man, probably he's got a family, and uh, you know, f- firing somebody. But you know, to keep him there, the the team's doing nothing. Um, the players are, you know, are are making comments that are not directly derogatory about the coach, but derogatory about their performance on the ice. So why bother keeping them there for another? I mean, the Leafs. Remember, this sort of reminds me what the Leafs went yeah, through. Yeah, with Carla. Yeah, remember that year with Carla. That was January, and that was and that, and that was early January, and that was a criticized decision because of what happened, the way it came down. The Leafs, I think, were only like two or three. Well, I'd, I'd have to go back and Google it and research it. I think they were only like three or four points out of a playoff spot yeah, at, the, at the time that he got fired. But there were certain things happening. And then Carlisle, if I recall correctly, I don't know. Uh, I'm speculating. I thought he was on the way out to Winnipeg to attend. No, there was a game in Winnipeg. Was there a game in Winnipeg? The game, somebody there was something the he got a call in the middle of the night. I, I don't remember. Uh, but there, he, the Leafs were criticized by the way they handled that. And then the next, I think this is just when we went on the air, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, Peter Horachuk took was that, over. I couldn't even remember his name, took over. And it was an absolute disaster. Yeah. It was an absolute disaster. Uh, and, you know, then we, we shipped Fanuf out of town. We shipped Kessel out of town. We shipped a whole bunch of people out of town. And we bore, more or less started from scratch. And isn't that what the Ottawa Senators are doing? They're doing that. They have Mark Crawford as their coach. He's a Stanley Cup winner in his own right, right? But, and and uh, there's a lot of people who speak very highly of Mark Crawford. Uh, you know, he's a Stanley. If if winning a Stanley Cup in and of itself is a benchmark of something, um, then you know Mark Crawford has achieved that, and he had a really good run in Colorado. Um, he's um, and you know he's certainly an experienced coach. Um, he's not the guy for this team, though. Well, as far as I'm concerned, you got to go younger. They, they, were about, and, they, they, they were talking about. There was a rumor about Elaine Vignon come in. He's not the answer either. I think you need a young startup coach, and there's one in in Toronto right now that deserves an NHL job. Sheldon, and Sheldon Keith, yeah. yeah, he'd be perfect for that situation. Yeah, uh, apparently, the uh, there's a there's a coach down in Belleville who are the uh, with the Senators uh, AHL team um, that's highly regarded as well. So they might they might promote from within. Um, so, um, you know, Guy Boucher's gone. We got Mark Crawford to the end of the year, but it's, you know, the other thing that's happened in Ottawa in the last couple of weeks is they, you know, they shipped, they shipped quite a bit of talent out of town. Uh, and the one that, the one that got, um, Duchesne, um, uh, Mark Stone traded him to Vegas. Yep. Uh, Mark Stone, considered one of the elite players in the league, um, signed a new contract with Vegas. That was quick, eh? After he got traded, that was very quick. They signed him right away. Uh, Strange. That could have been that. The auto organization probably in the works for a week. or Oh, so. that was in the works for sure. The auto organization has taken an uns- an incessant amount of criticism uh, for tearing the team apart, and I think it all started going downhill when the whole Eric Carlson issue came up uh and i gotta think eric carlson 
uh, my sense is that the senators, and why wouldn't you, probably made a reasonable attempt to get uh, Carlson signed. Uh, and sometimes these players, they don't tell you in the media what they really want. My gut instinct tells me Carlson just told the senators, I'm not coming back here. Get rid of me. I'm not signing. I don't care what you pay me. And, and in that situation, what choice does a general manager have? But the thing that turned uh, turned turned sour, the reason why it turned sour is that trade for Duchesne from uh, Colorado to Ottawa. It's a bad trade. They, they gave yeah. up a first-round pick. And that's yeah. And you don't do that in the, in the NHL today because it's going to come back to bite you, that first-round pick, especially where they were drafting. I think the Leafs went through that with uh, Brian Burke. They traded for Phil Kessel, and they gave up a first-round pick. Tyler Sagan. Tyler Sagan ended up being that person. Brian Burke thought his team was better, and that's why he made the trade. He said, oh, I'll, I can trade a first-rounder to be 20th, 21st, yeah, and it ended up being first. With the Senators, I think you can legitimately criticize uh, some of their hockey decisions. Um some of the, some of them, you know, you don't know the whole story. My sense is some of them, perhaps they didn't have that much choice over. If Mark Stone walks in, I, I don't see any reason why the Ottawa Senators would not have wanted to sign Mark Stone, unless he's asking like $15 million. But for the money that Vegas was paying him, mind you, there may be no taxes in Nevada. That's another issue. Nine and a half million. Yeah, but here, here, here's the issue. Yeah, yeah. I, Eight I, years. I, 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 I have to believe that the senators were probably willing to pay him that guy. That's not uh, based on what's been the money that's been thrown around in the NHL nowadays. I don't think Mark Stone's overpaid. Some people are thinking he could have got more. Um, I, I don't have any reason to doubt the senators probably offered him similar similar amount of money, and he said, "I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not staying in Ottawa." He says, "I don't like it here based on what's going on. Where's where's the future?" Uh, he probably made a decision he, he wanted out of town. And then the other decision, a lot of this doesn't um, come into the equation because you've got to compare apples with apples. Uh, $9 million in Nevada money is worth a lot more than $9 million in Ottawa money because the tax man, the tax man in Canada t- exacts a bigger pound of flesh than the tax man in Nevada. So... You know that's that's another reason some of these some of these you know he may from a strictly financial point of view that may have been a kicker to get out of town as well. Look at look at Columbus. They made the two trades with Ottawa. They could miss the playoffs. Even bringing Duchesne in, they could miss the playoffs. And they they they're not signing Panarin yet, and they're going to have difficulty signing him for sure. Yeah, the, the they're, other they're going to be in maybe a bit of trouble yeah, themselves. I know we got to go to break, Naz. Here we've been taking up a lot of time. There's one last issue I want to talk about. Uh, the senators is the breakdown of the LeBreton Flats. Uh, the breakdown of the LeBreton Flats uh, negotiation. Apparently, that's done. The senators don't have a new arena. That deal seems to be dead, and it seems like Melnick's taking all the heat for that too. It's like, why don't we blame him for global warming while we're at it? You know, I mean, and I'm sure some of the criticism it, it might be deserved just because Eugene doesn't seem to sometimes use a filter. Um, I'm not talking in a profanity sense. He, he speaks off the top of his mind. 
He's, you mm-hmm. know, and, and I like that about him because everybody else, anybody else you talk to in, in the corporate world or in, in, in they, they talk in cliches. They're going to tell mm-hmm. you what you want to hear and they're going to be diplomatic. Eugene tells you what's on his mind sometimes and that comes, that comes back to hurt him. But he's taken, seems to be taking all the heat for the breakdown in this arena struggle. And we, you know, and just, I, I think a lot of it's unfair. You know, it's a commercial negotiation. It's highly complex. And, you know, maybe Eugene wasn't getting out of it what he thought he deserved. I mean, at the end of the day, he's got the one asset. He's got the one, and everybody says he's got no leverage in negotiations. He's got the one asset that makes the whole, makes it all work. He's got the franchise, right? He's got the franchise. And nobody's taking that, in spite of all these things I hear that, oh, it's dysfunctional, they're going to put it in trusteeship, and they need a caretaker and this and that. They're not taking the franchise away from them. That's just the bottom line. And and Gary Bettman, you know, and we, we, we chatted about him. You know, we, I, I criticize him to no end on this show. But the one thing I do respect Gary Bettman for is he doesn't walk from cities casually. You know, he's not going to, he's, you know, he's not going to, he's not going to send Eugene out on a plank. Gary Bettman, the NHL is going to back Eugene up. I, I got to think that they will. They're not going to. They're not going to. They're not going to go polar opposite to Eugene, uh, and that's not Bettman's style. And they're committed to Ottawa, and I think Eugene's committed to Ottawa. He just wants to make it work somehow. But you know, it's a it's a commercial negotiation. Why blame Eugene for the fact that it broke down? I'm sure the other parties. You know, he's he's got he's got an incredibly valuable asset that people want to people want to leverage. So he's entitled to make the best possible deal he can possibly make. He bought this team in 2004, right? And he ended up making the playoffs nine times, semifinals once, finals once. Yeah. And made the playoffs nine times. What's wrong? The least would have taken that in a heartbeat. You know, and it's just jumping them up. You know, some of his, some of the criticism is deserved. Uh, and I'm sure Eugene, when he reflects, would probably would probably admit that some of it's just over the top. Some of it's just ridiculous. We're going to put the he, team in trusteeship. He sure misses Give Brian. Me a break. He sure misses Brian Murray, doesn't you know, he? I, you know what? You hit the nail on the head. Uh, yeah, I think that's if you want to look at the senators from today and the senators from <clears throat> five five years ago. Yeah, Brian Murray was a complete class act. Uh, probably was able to manage some of, uh, uh, you know, him, probably him, him and Eugene were able to, uh, I don't even want to get him. I don't know the, I don't know the details of that relationship and I'm not going to speculate on it, but uh, Brian Murray certainly seems to be missed. Anyways, we've got to go to break and uh, we're going to talk some basketball with Leo Routens when we come back. It was a rainy day in Pizzaville when I realised that, unlike pizza, you can enjoy Pizzaville's authentic panzerotti with just one hand. Pizzaville and its entities, owned in whole or in part, have no interest in knowing what you do with your other hand while you're consuming one of our panzerotti. Seriously. Get two authentic Italian panzerotti with cheese and sauce for just ten forty nine. One for each hand. Pizzaville stone-baked pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, 
on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal, yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. They're not here to be nice. They're here to be right. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. We're pleased to welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, talk some basketball, Leo Routens. Good morning, Leo. How are you? I'm good. How are, how's everything this morning? Everything's great. Thanks so much. We got all our leaf talk out of our system, so we got to we got to we got to we got to get to the hard court, uh, Leo. Uh, big game Friday night. Uh, great result, especially how the uh, the Raptors uh, handled uh, uh, handled the situation in the last few minutes. I thought it was. I thought it was. Uh, I wouldn't call it a statement victory, but it was a good. It it. it showed a lot of positives for the Raptors going forward. Is that your assessment of the game? Yeah, I mean, this is a team that, uh, you know, I think has tremendous potential, has potential to come out of the East. And right now is when everybody kind of locks in, and, and now now is when you make your push. Uh, you know, you have your remaining month and a half, and you try to, try to you know, lock it all down, get better, get comfortable, get your rhythm going, and, uh, you know, the Raptors had a little slip against Orlando. Mind you, you know, Orlando is, uh, you know, eight and two in their last 10 games and playing outstanding basketball. And they also beat Colton State. And, uh, you know, they're playing good ball, but, uh, now is an opportunity for the Raptors. I, I think that game was almost like a little slap in the face to them. And, uh, it kind of refocused them a little bit. And they're just locking in right now. So this is a team that is showing you all their potential. Defensively, they can be, Outstanding, and they could be one of the one of the best defensive teams. Uh, offensively, there's a lot of potential, uh, a lot of firepower, a lot of movement, um, and basically, what you have now is you have a group of really high basketball IQ players on that team. Um, they know how to play together. They know how to how to get the most out of each other, and uh, I, I think it's just going to be. Uh, <laughs> quite honestly, just a lot of fun watching how this team gears up. Uh, over this final stretch to to get ready for the postseason, Leo, I've been looking at the standings lately, and I see that the Raptors are pretty entrenched in second place. They look like they may be playing the Pistons. That would be an interesting series, wouldn't it, with Dwayne, K- Dwayne Casey? <laughs> well, it's interesting. You know, obviously, there's a lot of storylines that could could develop uh, in the playoffs, uh, and you know, Dwayne Casey knows this team well. Although the personnel. Uh, you could say is uh, dramatically shifted 
uh, you know, since he's been here with the arrival of Lynn Gasol and Leonard and, and Green. So uh, it, it has changed personality, I think, uh, in a lot of different ways. But uh, certainly it'd be a, it'd be a made-for-TV kind of matchup, and uh, and the media would jump all over that one. But the reality is this, Raptors are they're a better team. Uh, you know, we're going to see the two play today. Uh, but, uh, you know, the Raptors are a better team. And uh, when you look at the standings, uh, depending on, you know, uh, where things end up, it may not be the worst place to be in second place. I mean, the Raptors have done the first thing, and <laughs> and uh, that hasn't always worked out well for them. So uh, I, I think it's not a bad idea to uh, to actually play for position, depending uh, on what other people are doing, uh, and put yourself in the, in the most uh, advantageous uh, seating going forward. So we'll see what happens. We're talking Leo Routens. Leo, it's... Uh... Uh, it's been a few weeks since uh, the Mark Gasol uh, era started in uh, in Toronto. Uh, since he came in, um, your your analysis of uh, how he's adjusted and what difference he makes in terms of the Raptors in terms of the Raptors game. Well, his adjustment has been you know pretty easy uh, simply because this is a guy that, uh, like I said, he really knows how to play the game. And, uh, you know, the game is easy for him because of the way he thinks the game. And, um, you know, he kind of, you know, I I think there was a little adjustment period. You know, when you go from being in one team your entire career to all of a sudden going to a different environment, also his conditioning was affected by by time. He had the all-star break, all kinds of things going on, had to move his family. So now he's kind of settled in, and you're seeing the impact of him. He's a... you know, if you compare it, Jonas Valanciunas was a uh, was getting better every year, and uh, he was having his career year when the Raptors made this move. But what you get in, in Gasol versus Jonas Valanciunas, one an established defensive uh, stopper. I mean, the former Defensive Player of the Year, uh, he does a lot of things that JV wasn't necessarily comfortable with doing. Um, you know, the last game against Portland, he was out trapping at mid court with the guards. And here's a here's a big, I wouldn't necessarily call him quick, uh, big man, uh, but getting out of his comfort zone because that's what you need to do in those situations, and that's something we didn't see much from JV. Uh, also, this guy can knock down a three, very good shooter, uh, so he's going to provide a lot of spacing on the floor, and maybe what separates him from you know arguably any other big in this league, he's an unbelievable passer, and so what happens now is. Everybody screens harder, runs faster, uh, because you know you could get the ball. And and when you have a guy that uh, can space the floor out the way he does and find the open man, it just uh, gives you a lot of incentive uh, to play better, to set you know set better screens, to move uh, and and be aware where the ball is because you know you're going to get it. So uh, his impact pretty much has been immediate, and um, I think it's just going to get better as as everybody gets comfortable around him. Leo, there's a possibility that LeBron James may not make the playoffs, and a good possibility. He's three games out of a playoff spot now. Are you surprised at that? Well, you have to be surprised simply because this guy never misses the playoffs. So, and and by virtue of that, I wouldn't say it's completely done yet. Although it doesn't look great, uh, he's just not a guy you want to count out. Uh, but I, I think LeBron has kind of hit an interesting uh, intersection in his career where. Still a dominant player, 
but he doesn't dominate the game on both sides of the ball. And physically, I don't know if he can, especially for extended periods of time anymore. So, uh, you know, what you're seeing right now, he's showing some frustration, uh, which isn't a great thing when you're supposed to be a leader of a young team. Um, he passes the buck to a lot of the young guys on our team, which, again, uh, if you're the leader, you're going to take that responsibility. And then he's asked to play hard and defend, and he's really not uh, because he's conserving his body. So there's a lot of, uh, uh, you know, things that just aren't jiving, and it's affecting, you know, uh, his ability to uh, to lead that team because if you're not leading the right way, it, you're, you're just not going to lead. And so, but again, so LeBron James, uh, when he's not in the playoffs, I'll believe it. <laughs> <laughs> there's still there's still time left. Leo, uh, uh, Raptors, uh, at, at the beginning of the season, uh, the predictions were the Raptors might be fighting it out with the Celtics. Uh, Milwaukee's, I wouldn't say they've come out of nowhere, but they've. I think to a certain extent they've surprised at the level that they've been able to take their team to. Uh, are you surprised at all at how easily the Raptors handled the Celtics the other night? And are you surprised by the Bucks? Uh, well, as far as Boston, I mean, uh, you know, I, I, here's the thing. They're struggling. They're going through a, a tough period. Most of tough periods during the course of the season. Uh, they have some issues to deal with. But uh, people didn't like Kyrie Irving's comment that, hey, in, in the playoffs we can we can win any seven-game series. I mean, that, that tells you the confidence he has, and, and to, a, to a great extent, he's correct. So this is a team that if you have to play them in the playoffs, uh, be careful. So uh, I'm, not, I'm not counting them out in any way, shape, or form. Uh, when you look at Milwaukee, uh, they tweaked their team a little bit, and I think it's been one of the most underrated moves this season was bringing in Mike Budenholzer, their coach. Uh, I think he's tremendous. I think he's, you know, he's done a lot of Amazing things in his head coaching career, and uh, taking teams who were with modest talent and really excelling. And now he's got a lot of talent, and he's been holding first place in the league. So, uh, you know, he, he's done a great job with that team, and they've all bought in. And you got a, you got one of the one of the great players in the game today, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. That's uh, just a tremendous leader for that team. Uh, you know, plays the game both ends, both sides of the ball, and he's, he's just you know a great competitor. So, uh, yeah, this team is uh, good. But like I said, I think it just makes it interesting. Uh, you know, Philadelphia as well is a team that uh, you better pay attention to. Uh, they're very very dangerous. And, uh, you know, if you're, if you're not prepared to play, you know, that can cost you in a series. So, uh, there's, there's three teams, I believe, in the East that have a legitimate shot of coming out. Uh, I, I believe the Raptors are the best team for one reason. Uh, they have, their, their key players have the most playoff experience of any of the other teams we mentioned. Uh, and, and, and collectively. And that makes a difference. We've seen how much experience plays into into the playoffs. Uh, I think it's going to be a it's going to be a fun postseason. I really do. I think the, there's going to be some exciting matchups and, uh, and and series as we go. Leo, March Madness is coming up pretty soon. <laughs> Who are some of the favorites for the spring break tournament? Well, I think it's a lot of the 
a lot visuals. of visuals and, and, and <laughs> some of these teams that are just having a, a great regular season uh, are going to be are going to be tough to deal with. I mean, you look at Tennessee; uh, they're they just you know pounded Kentucky, and they're a team that uh, some people say are number one, some people say are not, but they've had a great season, and you know they're going to be a team that's going to be interesting to see what they do. And you know, you look at Duke. Uh, and I think there's a lot of there's a great storyline there with Canadian R.J. Barrett, and you know, is Zion Williams going to come back? Is he going to be able to play uh, with his knee? Does he want to come back and play? Um, so you you know you look and, and there's there's a handful of teams that uh, that can win it, and it's a question of you know the NCAA tournament is is great from one respect, it's one and done, all right. Mm-hmm. You take uh, if you take a best of seven, uh, you can take your top teams and you know who's going to win. But when you're talking about talking about one and done, and you're talking about teenagers and young guys and, and incredible pressure, uh, the ball gets smaller, uh, the rim gets smaller every round, tougher to shoot. Uh, anything can happen. So uh, when people say, "Wow, this is a shocker," or "This you know, mid-major beat this team," it's it's a shock. There's no more shocking. Uh, anything can happen. Uh, anything can uh, uh, can change in a in a moment's notice in an NCAA tournament. I think the great thing this year is a lot of uh, there's a lot of Canadians having uh, tremendous seasons. You know, you got Iggy Brzezinski in Michigan. You got Lucas Dort, uh, Arizona State. You got uh, Nikhil uh, Walker Alexander at, at Virginia Tech. You just go through the mentioned RJ. Uh, you can keep going down the list. There's so many kids having uh, tremendous seasons and having an impact. I think that's going to be one of the fun storylines, along with obviously you know, going to come out on top and, and be the eventual champion. Haven't been uh, haven't been following it that closely just yet. Obviously, I've been watching what uh, what they've been doing down at Duke. Uh, that's been the big story this year. But the Orange this year, Leo, your your beloved uh, Syracuse. How uh, how are they shaping up? Uh, they're okay. You know, uh, my gut is they'll get in the tournament. Um, and obviously, if you play zone, you play zone wing. Uh, when the basket gets small, the, the zone becomes more effective. And in a one-and-done tournament, I think the zone causes people a lot of problems, as previous years have proven. Uh, but they're, they're an interesting team because they, they can be, at times, really good, as in winning, you know, uh, at Duke. And at times it can be really bad, as in losing to Buffalo at home. So um, they're an interesting team. You know, Jim Beheim uh, is still trying to figure out uh, how to get this this group to stay consistent. And I don't know if uh, if this team really can. So it'll be interesting. But uh, you know, the Orange uh, they should sneak in there, and then whatever happens, happens. So it should be fun watching them. Anyways, we've been talking to Leo. Leo, uh, it's always a pleasure talking to you. It's always a privilege, and thanks so much for taking the time for us on uh, on a busy Sunday morning for you. It's uh, it's very much appreciated. Thank you. Uh, no worries, guys. Pleasure's all mine. Have a great day. Have a great day, Leo Routens. Uh, yeah, Raptors. I'm uh, just looking at the looking at the. Uh, it's either New Jersey or Detroit. They're going to play what? Uh, well, let me love- see. Let me see here. Uh, the interesting part is I didn't realize they were on on this this much of a hot streak. They're nine and one in the yeah. last ten games. Wow! Um, but you, so, would be, as a Raptor fan, you want the playoffs to start now. You know these games are like they're really meaningless to the Raptors, 
and you want them to start well, I don't know. Are, are they meaningless? Why well, would they be meaningless? They're going to be in second place. That's where they're going to be. Or they could be in first place. No, they won't catch Milwaukee. It's only two games back. That's two games is like 10 in the NBA. <laughs> why, why do you say that? No, they won't catch I don't catch, know. I mean, I get, I'd have Milwaukee. to check the schedule. I'm sure they, they, won't they, catch, I'm sure they've got, they, they may have a... They won't catch Milwaukee. Okay. You're usually right, so I don't know why I bother arguing with you. So. <laughs> <laughs> I just look at it this way. Perhaps maybe Toronto. I got to check the schedule. Maybe Toronto's got a couple of games left against Milwaukee. Uh, I, I, would, I don't know. You know, it's a long as you say the all Leafs, the time. The Leafs Nass, have the easiest schedule. As you say all the time, it's a long season. That's right. Teams go through cycles. Milwaukee, they're eight and two in their last ten games. That, uh, that's their cycle. Raptors are nine and one in their last ten games. So um, I, I mean, I could very well see. And the Raptors seem like. Uh, you know they uh, they, beat a, they beat a pretty good Portland team Friday night. I mean that uh, I wouldn't say they struggled to do it. They did it in a way that uh, that they had to. Interesting stat about the Raptors. Uh, they're three games behind in the loss column, aren't they, or something like that? Uh, no, they're only two games behind in the loss okay, column. Okay, so uh, I don't see them catching him. Okay, you know what? If Nas predicted it, it's going to happen. <laughs> Well, Toronto's going to watch, finish second. Watch Detroit play Toronto. That would be. I think it's going to be an interesting game tonight. Um, the last time the Raptors played Detroit um, was that was that the game that Detroit beat them at the I, buzzer. I, yeah, so I, I think that you know the Raptors may you know they may come out they may want to show their ex coach a little something tonight. You know, the, the, I think the Pistons got. I don't it like these it. things about ex coaches <laughs> and ex players going back the, the for Pistons, Toronto teams. You got uh, Tavares who went back to the Islanders, and then you got the coach now. And, you know, every you know and everybody. Kawhi goes uh, back I, I to San know, Antonio you know. and what? Oh, no, you just, you just you know, we're running out of time, and you just you brought up a topic. I, I don't think we can let go is the uh, Islanders. The, the the you know the one thing I love the one thing I I loved about that uh, Islanders crowd Thursday uh, Thursday night. Uh, man, they make noise. I mean, oh, it's too bad you can't get that kind of an atmosphere. Yeah, down at the, I was going to call it the ACC. When am I going to get over it? The, the SBA. It's too bad you can't get that atmosphere down at the SBA, and you never will. You never will because, you know, Toronto's a corporate crowd. It's the highest as ticket Jerry, in the as league. As Jerry said last night on Hockey Night in Canada, he said they drew 17,000 or 18,000 for the Leafs. Yeah, 13,000 for, well, for Washington. Washington. But here's the thing we forget um, because we don't see it that much down at the SBA. Is you get you get an emotional crowd with a buzz in the building. If 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 you don't think that that doesn't motivate a team, man, it does. And you know the Islanders, you know, uh, they had, the crowd was was insane. And you know the buzz in the building. And apparently, I, you know, I was talking to Mike Wilson yesterday, the ultimate Leafs fan, who's on his way to Calgary this morning. Um, I wanted to get a, I w- we wanted to get him on the show this morning to talk about the atmosphere there. They tailgate. There's a couple. He told me that there's a couple of arenas in the and we only got a minute left. And we'll we'll, have, we'll get Mike on the show in a couple of weeks when he's back to Toronto. Um, uh, at the Islanders games, at the Carolina games, the yeah. fans tailgate. I go, I go, man, that's cool. I don't know how you tailgate in Toronto when it's minus twenty, but um, but that gives you an idea of the atmosphere. And you know, in the old days at at the Maple Leaf Gardens, you know, especially in the playoff, you know, you used to have that buzz in the building. Um, 
and they used to call it the Carlton Street Cash Box, where you know, you know the teams would come in here, and the Leafs would have a tough team, and they beat the beat people up, and the fans would get motivated. And you know what? It does make a difference. It makes a difference. You know, otherwise you just see players going through the motions. That emotion, the the fans getting into the game, can bring out the emotions and motivate the players. You know, the, and the Islanders did that. The, the fans the, did uh, that we're Thursday out of night. Time, but the Islanders. The Islanders have 81 points, and they're no sick. They're not oh, secure no, for not a playoff spot. No, not Can you at imagine all. if they missed the playoffs? They would be chanting, "We need Tavares." Right? Anyways, Naz, as usual, uh, we run out of time just as we're getting animated. So uh, we've got to we've got to get off the air. To all our loyal listeners, have a fantastic and more importantly, a safe week. We'll be back next Sunday morning.